0: Welcome back in. I've brought the great man, uh, Foxy, has made his way into the studio. We are supposed to start at one, Foxy, but we've got a couple of minutes. Um, I was amazed we got you in today because Mama Bear's due your second child on Wednesday and you said, I'll see what she says. She said,
1: yes, this is brilliant. Yep. Well, we're close to home, so if I get a phone call halfway through the thing and disappear, you know what it's for.
0: How long's this break for you?
1: Uh, it's actually a four-week break, so I'm in the bang in the middle of it now and then head away for the PGA on the 14th, which is Sunday the 14th, I think, of May. And that's supposed to be a three-week trip, but kind of we'll see how that plays out <laughs> with uh, what's going on at home. <laughs> oh,
0: no. What a juggle. What an absolute juggle. So we got Foxy here from 1-2. Uh, um, really keen to get your calls. I've got a, a swagger questions for him, uh, pages and pages. Uh, but I want to ask the questions that you guys out there want to know about you know, um, we've renamed our drive into the car park here, Magnolia Lane. Um, how did you enjoy your drive into Magnolia Lane today, Foxy?
1: It's a little tighter than Magnolia Lane, to be fair, <laughs> trying to get a car park. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, you can't really beat that drive, was to that be honest. Was that
0: goose bumpy for, for a man like yourself?
1: A little bit. I, I mean, it was maybe the drive itself wasn't as spectacular as what I'd built it up to be but it's pretty cool when you it's more the fact I'm driving into Augusta I'm driving into Augusta that's what it is and then you come out the end of it and the clubhouse is right there and they've got this little garden with the logo in the middle of a roundabout which is a, you don't get too many roundabouts in the States, but B, you know, it's just it's just really cool. So it's like, yeah, there's something special about the whole place and that kind of sets the tone for it.
0: Yeah, and I saw on the news or something somewhere, your mum shed a tear in that drive-in.
1: Yeah, I actually haven't seen that yet.
0: Mm. Um, her, but yeah. her boy come good, and it was like your childhood dream and she was there as it came true what, yep. what a special moment
1: yeah I think mum and dad loved it dad was a bit jet lagged both ways um, so the little seven day trip to the states probably wasn't great for him in that regard but they absolutely loved every minute of it
0: that and so much more one or two we've got Ryan Fox in studio double eight double three with your questions we won't have time to take phone calls because I'm already seeing a swagger questions coming through here so do get them in double eight double three Ryan Fox live here on SCNZ For the next hour. Can't wait. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. requested by the great man ryan fox he just said just play me Springsteen." have you ever been to see him live foxy
1: no i missed him here when did it, he came here what three years ago missed him here but i'm supposed to go in london in july he's playing hyde park this july this july yeah mm-hmm. so it's, if the schedule all works out with what's going on at home I'm supposed to go to europe for a couple of weeks have a week off then play scottish and the open Scottish Open and the Open, and Springsteen plays London the week I'm supposed to have off. So (laughs) don't tell me that's by accident. No, that is completely by accident. I actually had a look and go, I've got a week off in London, what's on? Typed in concerts, and yeah, he's playing Hyde Park twice, and Billy Joel's playing in between them. Wow. So I'm going to go to hopefully one of those ones in Hyde Park.
0: That'll be brilliant. You've been um, interviewed to death about the Masters, and we will touch on that, but because we've got you for a little bit longer... Um, we can just explore you just a little bit more, which is just just brilliant. And um, I went through your professional career, turning pro in 2012.
1: Yeah, I, I officially went to Q School at the end of 2011, but my first pro event was early 2012. So you're 25 then? It's tw- yeah, I was late. Yeah, you were late. Why so late? Played rugby and cricket all the way through. Mm. Um, I didn't start any tournament golf till I was 18. I what? played off two at that point, so I could still play you but it was get it, it was like you know go to your home course shoot 74 or 75 throw me anywhere else and I was lucky to break 80 <laughs> um, and I gave up cricket and rugby after I left school um, started a law degree at Auckland University and after a couple of months of nothing competitive I thought I, I have to do something I-, I need to do something that'll you know sparked that competitiveness again Mm. i was like let's try tournament golf i'd played like one or two junior tournaments at my home course which was whitford at the time and i was like let's give that a go played some junior pennants and stuff like that nothing again it was just a sunday morning hack around and my first one i played was the waikato winter stroke play down in lockheel the old lockheel and um in hamilton and i absolutely loved it and that was me done
0: Done. Yeah, because I was talking to a mate of mine uh, yesterday, actually, and said you were coming in today, and he absolutely loves his golf. And he said, I love watching him, and he's bloody amazing, but he wasn't much as an amateur. H-
1: h- how did- Not early on.
0: No. So, w- what was your amateur record like leading up to that 2011 Q school? You obviously went well enough to say, I'm going to have a crack.
1: Yeah, it was, it was decent. I mean, I won New Zealand stroke play, um, had a couple of decent results overseas. I won a a bunch of smaller stuff in New Zealand. Uh, played Eisenhower Trophy for New Zealand in 2010. We had the Namura Cup, which is the Asia Pacific version of the Eisenhower. Um, I played that twice in 09 and uh, 2011 as well. And I was part of the New Zealand squad for since I think 2008. Mm. So yeah, it wasn't I wasn't Danny Lee good as an amateur by any stretch, or even Ben Campbell was the same era as me. You know, he was our our gun at that point before some injuries kind of whacked him pretty hard. But I had a pretty solid amateur career. I think I made it in the top 50 of the am- oh, There was two amateur rankings at the time: the R&A one and I think the scratch players was one they used in the states. And I was comfortably in the top 50 in both of those at one point. So I was decent enough, but certainly not one of the world beater amateurs, that's for sure.
0: So did you, you were doing all of this without being, I say an inverted commas, a full-time golfer, and then you made that switch and said, right, I'm going to give this golf a red-hot go. How quickly did you improve?
1: Uh, so I full-time golf for me was, um, I didn't end up doing a law degree in the end, I ended up doing an arts degree and majoring in psychology. Um, and two years into that, Golf became more serious and became the degree became part-time. So I turned, what, my third year into two years. Um, and I wouldn't say I went for much of those two years either. <laughs> um, but managed, I still got the degree and passed. But I, I think I did two years of sort of full-time amateur golf after that. And that was playing a lot for New Zealand. I did a couple of big trips to the States, like three-month trips over our winter to the States playing their big ones got my ass kicked a couple of times over there and mm. the last trip I actually I played okay and that's when I kind of thought well yeah this is the year to, to go and go to Q School and got my card at Aussie Q School the end of 2011 and um, had a couple of blips on the radar from there but for the most part I haven't looked back
0: yeah 2012 Australasian PGA Tour uh, you got 4th in New Zealand PGA 4th in New South Wales PGA is that all it takes, like, where you've been since? But if you take yourself back to there, did that sort of endorse your decision that, OK, I'm competitive here?
1: Yeah, I think, well, it's a long time ago now, but it feels like that that fourth at the New Zealand PGA, at the time, I think I have made, like, 20 grand or something like that, which felt like a, a lot at that point. And it's like, well, I can make money out of this game. That's that's a good thing and didn't feel intimidated playing for money cuz that's, that it is for some reason even though there's still golf tournaments the difference between amateur and professional golf just some guys some guys are great amateurs and can't transition some guys are average amateurs and transition really really well um and for me uh, you know that transition worked i did i covered my costs the first year which was pretty much all you're out to do mm. cuz you know q schools are expensive you know all of a sudden you're traveling around and at that point I'd been travelling out of either New Zealand golf's pocket or mum and dad's pocket and all of a sudden I was paying for it all myself so I was pretty happy to, to cover my own costs and kind of scared myself with how much it, it does cost even at you know the lower levels of professional golf. And then, yeah, sort of second year was a bit, I had second year blues a little bit. Yeah, you know, Everything went from being new and exciting the first year to a bit of the same same and it became more of a job and I struggled a little bit but got through that and then you know, third year on, I felt like I kicked on pretty strongly almost year year after year after, off from there.
0: Yeah, that's what I sort of identified as well. 2015, you joined the <coughs> Challenge Tour in Europe, which is the tier <clears throat> below the DP World Tour, the European Tour, as you know, but you had a win. Um, you played qualifying tournaments. You made the British Open at St Andrews, made the cut. Um, that's pretty huge. When, when you think you'd, you'd been pro three years, and you're
1: playing a British Open, that's quite advanced progression. From where I was, yeah. I mean, it, it's probably a bit different now. You know, we've got guys on tour who turn pro at 18 and are playing an Open the following year and uh, mm. can compete. But I was a fair bit behind everyone else in that kind of development. So you yeah, had to go over, and it, it was a funny trip, really. I'd signed with a management company, never, been, literally never been to Europe. And they said, oh, we'll get you a couple of starts on invite on the Challenge Tour. And you go try qualify for the open. And I th- they used to have open qualifying in Aussie, and I'd missed out a couple of times there. And I literally, okay, sweet, went to went to France the first week. Uh, I think it was in June of 2015. Finished top five there, I think, which got me into the next week. Finished top ten, which got me into the next week. Jeez. And during that, uh, after the second top ten, I went to uh, went to open qualifying. It was like first or second group out. Shot two under for the for the two rounds. I finished just as the last group was coming in and just no one seemed to get past me. I ended up in a playoff, uh, three guys for two spots. Oh God. And this was four hours after I'd finished my second round so I was sitting in the clubhouse, as you can imagine, nervous as hell. Um, and then I got in on the second playoff hole and all of a sudden I'm playing the Open at St Andrews so yeah, get, get to go there, never been to St Andrews so the first time I roll up there is a Sunday before a major, all the stands are up and I'm going oh this is different. <laughs> um, <laughs> and well, I I played a practice round with Lee Westwood I remember that week, um, he was with the same management company I'd signed with and they'd organise that, I'd I knew Steve Williams well enough and he'd organised a practice round with Adam Scott and that, I think that was the most nervous I'd, I was the whole week And but Scotty was great, he said look I did the same thing in 2000 I was with Butch Harmon and he was coaching Tiger at the time and he organised a practice round with Tiger and I was exactly the same I felt like a fish out of water and I was like oh good, I I'm, I'm, I know exactly how you how you felt there um, and then yeah, made the cut, shot 69 in the second round and shot 67 in the last round and finished 50th and I was like oh ok, sweet, I'm I'm in Europe and I, I actually wanted to go home after that. And my manager decided he, he goes, I got you an invite into France next week, another event. And he goes, just go. We'd finished the Open on a Monday. Gone. I go. I go. I sat in my hotel room, didn't leave it on Tuesday. Played a practice round Wednesday morning. Didn't didn't hit a single practice ball. Just hit it like five to warm up. Shot 62 the first round. Won the tournament. <laughs> and gone. I've got a full card on the Challenge Tour now. And at that point there was another event they'd rescheduled which was a co-sanctioned challenge tour European tour event which was in Madeira which is off the coast of Africa but it's technically Portugal mm-hmm. and they're like oh we only held one spot open and that was for the person that won this week I'm like oh I'm due to fly home tomorrow they're like yeah well you probably want to fly to Madeira so I flew to Madeira and ended up finishing top 10 there and flew home for 10 days and went back to Europe with a with a full uh, challenge tour card and unfortunately didn't get my card at the end of that year for the European Tour, but gave it a pretty good run and got it the next year.
0: Yeah, the next year you had a win in two seconds. 2017, full European card, British Open, PGA Championship. It's like a perfect crawl up up the rankings you go, but the challenge get harder. i would imagining that the nerves don't go away because you're challenging yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, it just, you kind of get, used to playing the bigger events i'd had a really good run that 2017 was the first year they introduced those, those rolex series events in mm-hmm. europe mm-hmm. and i was kind of floundering around I'd, I'd made a few cuts here and there not had anything decent and i remember i'd been struggling a little bit and marcus came up for the french open and french opens at golf national which they had the Ryder cup on what four three or four years ago and it's probably the most brutal course we play all year and i'm crapping myself going i'm You know, I don't know where it's going. Will I break 80? (laughs) Will I break out? I'd I'd had signs the week before. I'd had a sort of top 30, I think, at the BMW International in Germany. Marcus had been up for that week and was up for the week of France. Shot two or three over the first round of France, going, yeah, here we go again. Shot 68 the second round and going, oh, sweet, I've got it. and finished, Finished sixth that week, which basically made enough money to keep my card for the year. Then went to the Irish Open the following week. I think I finished fourth. And then went to the Scottish Open the week after that and finished fourth. And all of a sudden, I've gone from nowhere on the on the rankings to top twenty on the rankings. That got me enough world ranking points to get in the top hundred in the world or close to the top hundred in the world, which got the PGA Championship. And all of a sudden, everything kind of changed from there. And you know, I made the I, sh- I think I went to Quail. That was at Quail Hollow in 2017. And again, I played terrible the first round. I think I shot four or five over four over maybe and went out in the second round and broke the course record <laughs> held that for all of two hours until justin thomas and the Deki Matsuyama <laughs> beat it but hey i was like i oh, well, got, got, got i had it for a bit and <clears> then, <throat> then i didn't play very good on the weekend i think i finished 50th in the end but you know i was in like the third to last group on sunday at, a, at my first pgr i'm going oh, this is <laughs> this has escalated quickly um and then you know i've had a been lucky enough to play quite a few more majors since then had a been in contention in a few more events luckily had a couple more wins as well out there and yeah it's been a pretty pretty fun ride so far
0: mm, 2018 US Open tied 16 British Open 2019 pick up first European win I mean y- your career is amazing uh, 2022 before we take a break you went on an absolute tear what what did you have for Christmas in 21 to make 22 so good well, what changed
1: Or there was there was a few things I mean obviously I don't want to dive too deep into it because New Zealand's just sick of that subject but COVID mm. sucked for two years mm. You know, 20, 2020 was I had a decent start to the year and then COVID hit and I went back and played I go played 12 events in 13 weeks or something like that and played okay and those felt like the game was in good shape and then obviously we had all our quarantine and stuff like that 2021 I, end of 2020 we had our daughter um, and then 2021, the rest of the world decided they were going to be normal and we weren't. And tour started as normal. You know, you start, if you don't keep your card, you lose your job. And I really struggled with that because we had to do quarantine. I didn't. I left home not knowing when I'd see my family again, all of that stuff. And I think the big thing for 2022 was you knew all of that stuff was either gone or going Mm. so I had to do a little bit of quarantine in 22 but it felt like it was much more normal yeah and I and also through COVID, I started working with a coach in Europe as well and that was purely because Marcus couldn't travel and I still work with Marcus at home and speak to him almost daily basically but you know doing stuff remotely just wasn't working um I was really struggling sort of midway through 2021 and my manager suggested, "Hey, look, we just need we need someone here to have a look." And I'd, I'd a coach over there, Jamie Goff, who I'd got to know really well, who'd worked with a bunch of my mates. Um, he said, "Why don't you just have a chat to Jamie and see if he'll at least have a look?" And I sort of liked what he said and said, "Well, Marcus can't come out for at least another six to six months to a year," mm. and I started working with him week in, week out. And it was, the great thing is him and Marcus are both on the same page. It's not, I'm not getting any it's different. It's not two different it's messages. Not, no. The the delivery might be slightly different, but the overall message is very much the same. Um, and I think just having eyes on every week was really beneficial. And so we carried that on into 2022. And I think all it was a combination of the work I'd done with Jamie at tournaments, and he was always at tournaments. And... Seeing Marcus when I was home, and it just worked really, really well. And I'd I'd noticed that trend anyway. In previous years, Marcus would come up, you know, four to six times a year, probably. And I'd always do the the wave. You know, I'd I'd have it generally around when he'd been up, and then he'd disappear, and I'd slowly lose it. Try to find it myself. There might be the odd odd week where I found it myself, but most of the time, all of my good weeks revolved around him being up there yeah so I think yeah just in the end having eyes on week in week out has been really beneficial in that regard and it's it's we've carried that on and it's you know Mm. it feels like it's worked really well and I think that was a big thing for 2022 I had lots of support back here and I had support week week in week out on tour and we just kept things rolling basically
0: you won your second Euro event <coughs> Excuse me, in the UAE, uh, 22 under. You won by five. Three more second placings. Four. Oh, oh four more second mm. placings. Uh, and you won the Alfred Dunhill links. It's in an Andrews in October. Ten top tenths. Second on the DP World Tour standings. And you were awarded the Seve Ballesteros Award for the Golfer of the Year. I knew that. I didn't know it's voted on by your peers. That's a special award.
1: That's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's. Um, I would have loved to win the Order of Merit, obviously. There's some nice, some nice, you know, status. For, I think it's status for five or 10 years after winning the Order of Merit. But that was a pretty nice consolation to get that SEVI award, you know, to have your peers vote for you as their their top player. I actually got a funny story for that. My mates were like, oh, who else has won that award? So I. I looked through it. They're like, who's the worst name on it? And I was—I sent them the link of who has won the award over the last 30 years. I was like, it's easily me. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, John Rahm's won it a couple of times. Rory's won it a few times. Westwood's won it. Faldo's won it. Langer's won it. Darren we, Clark, those sorts yeah, of people. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, okay, my name's on that list. So you can never take it off, which is good. <laughs> 20 years. Who's Ryan Fox? Yeah. hell fine. No. I'm still
0: on the list. You are on the list. Uh Text questions, get them through. Double eight, double three. Or if you're out there, I don't know what camera we're on, if you're out there on YouTube, into the comments, chuck those in. Sammy, you'll get those questions through. Ryan Fox is here for the next uh, 40 or so minutes. Any questions? I want to ask him your questions. Double eight, double three. We'll be back with Foxy in a Welcome back in. We got Ryan Fox here for the next half hour or so. So let's get to some of your questions, Righto, from Anthony. Hey, Foxy. I just want to say a great, great fishing at one of those US tournaments. Good luck. Was it staged?
1: No, I actually caught that fish, but it just took two hours to catch it. <laughs> I don't know what, I didn't. I've never done any freshwater fishing, basically. So it was the tour wanted to film something. I've I got a little travel rod that I have, and I'd used it the week before in Jacksonville and caught some decent fish in the salt water where I feel like I know what I'm doing but yeah, I was just stand on a bridge cast a couple of soft baits around and after I think about an hour and a half and I finally got a fish you got
0: one yeah, fantastic actually you told me before you left that was your goal to catch yeah. a freshwater fish
1: yeah I got a bass so Tick. apparently it was a decent sized one but I don't know what a decent sized one is
0: <laughs> uh, one from Graham, good friend of the show question for Ryan how keen is the old man to be your full time caddy dead keen I would suggest
1: no Dad did it for quite a while as an amateur, mm. um, but I mean, there's no way he'd survive five days carrying a tour bag anymore. It's his knees shot. <laughs> so, and I'm pretty sure that's the best the best answer for both of us there. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a competitive bugger too. Yeah, yeah. I, to be fair, he's probably better as a caddy than he is walking around watching. Mm. He like I remember because he, he's involved. Yeah, he likes control. Like he said, he he hated not hated but he said coaching to an extent was a struggle for him because you're in the coach's box with no control over what actually happened on the field mm. and he really struggles with that it's the same watching like he can't he's terrible watching golf like well everyone's just stays away from him because he's just <laughs> so jittery and because he d- like he just can't control what's going on
0: well he was one of the all black's best tens who controlled test matches yes, so for years so it's well, hard it to shake isn't it yeah um from Caleb, what's the lowest you've ever scored and what's the highest? So let's make that as a professional.
1: As a professional? Um, I think in a tournament I've shot 60. I'm not actually sure. I shot 60 in a, in a pro-am, a one-round pro-am for money at like Walkworth or something. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I've shot, I've definitely shot 10 and 11 in a tournament and I don't know if that was what it was, whether it was 60, 61 or 62. Um I've shot 59 twice as a pro in social rounds of golf mm-hmm. uh, actually back tees though w- one, isn't, one isn't it uh, yeah one was in London um, at a course called Beaverbrook off the back tees and one was at the old Royal off the white tees but I'm still 59
0: the old Royal Auckland yep yeah.
1: um, <laughs> the highest as a pro I think I shot 80 at Valderrama one year flown in i got in got into the tournament late flew in arrived in spain after 40 something hours of traveling on a monday night <laughs> played a practice round tuesday slept all day wednesday shot 72 the first round at valderrama which is just a brutal brutal golf course and then jet lag finally got me on friday and it was really windy and i think i shot like 80 five or something (laughs) and but it was one of those rounds of golf where I was like the cut was like 10 over yeah and with like four holes to play I was like one outside the cut line I need to make some birdies and it's the worst golf course in the world to try to make birdie on they tuck all the flags Greens are fast, the rough's up. You miss a green by a yard and you're making double. So I just kept doing that. I need to make birdie and all of a sudden I make double. I need to make three now. And the cut (laughs) at that point was just going out and going out and going out. And it was over par one tournament, like two over one tournament in the end. It was just, it was absolutely brutal. So I think I spent four days in Spain and spent more than four days traveling
0: there. (laughs) (laughs) And one more quick one before the bottom of the hour news. Would you be kind enough to ask Foxy... What is understanding, if he has any, of what Tiger's future looks like from Paul?
1: Um, I would say. I mean, I don't know Tiger personally. Um, there's a bit of hearsay going around on tour, but it's it's not good. Mm. You know, the, um, I think it's by all accounts it's the walking that gets him. It's not the golf swing wise. It's fine. Um, I'm pretty sure if you ask the PGA Tour guys, would you rather Tiger play in a golf cart than not play at all, I'm pretty sure well, at least 99% of the tour would say just give him a golf cart and let him play. We, we'd rather that. Rather you know, he the, was on tour. The, the buzz that he brings to a tournament is just something else. But, I mean, who knows with that that other surgery that he had, um, whether that helps his ankle or not. I don't know. I mean.
0: Because mm. you're allowed carts on the senior tour? Do you think he'll yeah. go senior
1: tour? I don't know. I think, I mean, he's hinted that he wants to. Mm. I I th- I think the hard thing for him, I mean, obviously, the back was bad before the leg, and I think the, from my understanding, the, the routine he has to go through, to get, even his back in shape to be able to play, is rigorous. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's a three-hour thing to, and, and then you've got to throw the leg in on top of that. So I just don't. I mean, you, I don't think we'll ever see Tiger play anything like a full schedule. I actually, I think he's he's hinted at it as well, he's probably going to be more an exhibition golfer mm. more than anything. I mean, there might be the odd week, you know, I could see a British Open maybe where it's a really flat golf course, the weather's all right for the week, it's it's warm, and he can get away with, he's still got the control of his irons, he could get away with chipping two irons and stuff around and contend in a tournament but it's going to be very few and far between. I think his golf game's there enough to it, but I just don't think physically he can his leg can cope with the walking, and I don't think you can do what he has to do to get himself ready to play more than three or four times a year at mm. best.
0: Double eight, double three questions for Foxy. We'll be back after the news. Big thumbs up for the Springsteen from uh, Foxy to Sammy Hewitt. Righto, Foxy. Lots of questions. Let's rail through them. From Jared, congratulations on your fantastic performance at the Masters. How nervous were you and how did you cope throughout your rounds to finish square with the
1: Um To be honest, I was a whole lot less nervous than I thought I'd be. Mm. Um, well, walking to the first tee on Thursday, I, you know, I was excited, but there was no nerves there whatsoever. Um, which I think that almost scared me a little bit. You know, I expected something and didn't get it, but I was really up for it. Um, I got, I think you get rid of a lot of the, the nerves, the novelty of playing Augusta. I'm, I went three weeks prior for that reason to get rid of the, oh wow, it's Augusta, you know, kind of feeling. Mm. And it was good to get rid of it that week. I'd also played practice rounds with Adam Scott, um, Till Hatton, VJ, Danny Willett, like, Got used to playing in front of. Well, obviously I played in front of plenty of people, but it's a bit, it feels a bit different at the Masters for some reason. So I kind of got rid of all of those nerves and practice rounds as well. So felt pretty good for the most part. There's a few nervy shots out there, um, but it's just it's the same process as normal. To be honest, it's see a shot, hit a shot, and try to f- just block everything else out. And you know, the more you do it, the the kind of better you get at doing it. And obviously, there's. Some guys are a lot better at it than others, but I feel like for the most part, I do a decent job of it.
0: 16, birdie, talk to me. What uh, a shot.
1: Yeah, I mean that's, that was a shot that looked a lot different than I thought it was gonna look. Like you look- From I'm, the tee? From, well, from TV. Like you see so many people hit it close to that back left flag. And you're like, oh, it's not that hard a shot. And then you actually, and for me, I struggle to visualize it without the actual flag there. Like I can hit a shot to the back in practice, but when you actually get up there and the flag's there, it's a lot further left, <laughs> the water's a lot more in play and the people, left and long, are a lot more in play than what you think. Like they are really close to the back of the green. Um, and yeah, you know, to be honest, I was hanging on for dear life energy wise, I was sick as a dog that week um, and I'm just going, just get the shot, just get it somewhere on dry land basically you you, you know like you know you can use a slope and we're standing on that tee for a little bit for the group in front and i remember there was being a massive gust of wind coming at us and i've gone i grabbed six iron out my playing partners grabbed six iron out and then as we go to hit it it kind of dies off and that's the i think that's the hardest thing about augusta in general that wind just swirls through the valleys there and it's like it it really matters when you hit a shot um and so get up there And then he's pulled seven out and I was longer than him and he's emailed the green with seven. I'm going, oh, no. I was like, I had six out. I can't hit eight. Like, it's too far to hit eight. There's definitely got to be a little bit of hurt in that. And I've got it then. I'll just hit a little seven, just hold it up against the breeze off the right and we'll see what happens and i had the exact shot i wanted just a little low chippy cut seven on and at that point i knew at least it was going to be dry yeah and you but you just got no idea where it's going to land in terms of what's happening afterwards I, i knew line wise it was good it just and it shouldn't have been long but i wasn't sure it was going to get all the way back there and you see it land and after seeing that shot so many times on tv you're like that's that's got a chance and then the crowd goes crazy and actually for a little bit i thought i hold it because the crowd on the tee went absolutely nuts and i couldn't see it at all but the crap like the crowd up by the green were going crazy but no not quite as loud as some of the other chairs and you walk up and you see it you know an inch or so away i'm like oh it'd be nice if it was a little bit further left but <laughs> i'm not i'm not complaining at a at a tap and two on that hole that's for sure another question about the masters
0: uh, and it says "Is the Masters?" Augusta Golf Club, are secretive in what they do, being so ruled by traditions such as white overalls, manicured flowers, and green camera huts. Is it, is it a little bit sci-fi
1: in there? A little bit, yeah. It, 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 fake's not the right word, but it's like... Surreal. Surreal, yeah. It's, it's You go there and like there's nothing out of place. Absolutely nothing out of place. Actually, John Key explained it to me the best. He was there one of the practice rounds I played. And he said, if you could spend a million dollars to make something 99% perfect, Augusta would spend 10 just to make it 100. Yeah. That, and that's kind of what it is. And the traditions are, are are cool and kind of strange. Like no phones anywhere. So if you go and play, your phone stays in your locker or your phone stays in your the room that you're staying in or your car or whatever. And that's awesome for the tournament. Like, mm. you know, they... it's old school you know you you in tournament days you walk out there and no one's taking any photos everyone's just watching
0: because even in the gallery all has their hands up that's all you that's
1: all you see normally is someone up there with their phone taking a video taking a picture but masters is really old school on that but you know they've got they are very secretive like they'll never tell you what the green speeds are you know the green speeds. figure it out yourself well not like you know most tournaments will publish even at least for the players we want the greens between 11 and a half or 12 and a half or whatever they're going to be for the week. Augusta's just like their tournament speed. <laughs> That's what it is, their <laughs> tournament speed. Whatever tournament <laughs> speed is, is what they are. Um, you know, they, yeah, It's there's just lots of little things like that. Like you'll never, you know, they'll never publish what they make on merchandise for the week like they would for other tournaments. Like it's just lots of cool stuff like that. Mm. I, I mean the whole place, like, you walk around i got to walk around the weeks before the masters when i stay i stayed there overnight and like all the history and there's just incredible
0: it's like a museum eh?
1: i've they've literally in one of the rooms there they've got a signed flag by george washington <laughs> jeez like who has, that? <laughs> <laughs> who has that
0: oh quick break uh We've got so many questions to get through. Try your luck. Double A, double three. We'll get to them after this. Oh, look, the, the great New Zealander, Ryan Fox, has said, mate, I'll hang around a bit longer if you want because we've got so many questions. So we'll keep them here a bit longer after two, which is great news. Right, let's get to some more questions. What major do you think you have the best chance in to win and the course that would suit you the most?
1: Um, I'd definitely say the British Open. I love Lynx Golf. Um, love the cre- creativity, just the conditions, everything. Maybe mm. not the rain, but the um, just yeah, it's just different. And the first time I played Lynx golf, I absolutely loved it. So definitely the British. And, I mean, I've got some history around St. Andrews, so why not St. Andrews? St. Andrews, But British, I, 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 would, I wouldn't be fussy, that's for sure.
0: I always remember I asked Michael Campbell years ago, and he – He told me when he woke up in any round of a golf tournament and it's blowing a gale, he'd rub his hands together and go, my conditions. Now, you're not going to score 62 or 3, but you're going to try and score 70 and watch the rest of the field have 78, 79. He grew up Wellington playing golf in the wind. Are you similar? A
1: little bit. Um, Yeah, I've got no problem hitting it low. I've generally gone a right in the wind. Probably not quite as well as Cambo did. Um, it's a little nicer up here than it is at Wellington at times. Um, but yeah, I've always enjoyed that. I like shaping the ball, controlling the ball. Um, you know, I've always played a right in the wind. So I definitely, if it's week in, week out, it gets pretty frustrating. But I do, you know, I don't mind it when you wake up and it's blowing 30 mile an hour and you're like, OK, it's going to be a fun day. <laughs> have, have you met Cambo? Had much yeah, to yeah, do I've with had, Cambo? I've had a lot to do with Cambo, actually. Yeah. Um, I played with him. His my last event as an amateur at the New Zealand Open in 2011. He was great. Gave me just thought my short game was pretty average, which it was at the time. And said I'd love to give you a bit of a hint. Come, I'll meet you on the chip and green tomorrow. And he did. And um, you know I've sat down with him. He's he knew Myle Man well. Myle um, Man knows Greg Turner really well. Sat down at dinner at Turner's place with him and literally spent an hour and a half with a mate of mine, quizzing him about the U.S. Open about two or three years after he, after he won it. Um, and then Cambo. Uh, obviously retired for a bit, came back and when he came back he used his top 40 career money on the European Tour to play, actually played quite a bit with him um, practised around, spent a bit of time on the range, got to know him really well so yeah it's been pretty cool to sort of get to befriend one of your idols growing up mm. Actually
0: falls right into the next question Carl Ryan is a young lad, Who was your favourite golf player?
1: Tiger, I mean you ask anyone <laughs> my age is going to be Tiger to be honest Yeah, um
0: from Zaid, he's a life member of the show. Zaid, what is Ryan Fox's favourite countries that he's been to? That's his first question.
1: Um, to play golf in, it's Ireland and Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to actually travel to, it's a it's a toss up between France and Italy. Okay, both for the food more than anything else. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and also Zaid, what would your be, menu be if you won the Masters? You go back and you host the Champions Dinner. What's on the menu?
1: Um, You'd have to have bluffies on there <laughs> uh i don't know if it's actually would it be the time oh, until Augusta, they'll, f- they'll figure out how to get buffies there if it's the time of year or not um got to be some new zealand lamb in there doesn't there yeah whether it's burgers or burgers with beetroot yeah um des- dessert i mean pavlova right that's hefty yeah and then i mean you've got to have some new zealand wine on there i'm um, Partial to a Pinot here and there. Syrah or something. There's some pretty good ones around. So, I mean, it's a, it'd be a good problem to try to work through, wouldn't it, to, mm. to pick that menu.
0: Uh, Foxy, I love watching you play. Good luck for your future events and the birth of your expected child. This is all from Brendan. Question is, uh, is there much banter sledging going on with some players and some you just don't do it to, end of and off the course, is it quite social with the boys? So a lot, a of, lot of things involved there.
1: So there's no banter on the golf course and tournaments at all.
0: You mean sledging? No, nothing. No, no talking, no chat.
1: Oh, there's chat, but you're not. It's so individual. It's not like cricket or anything yeah. where golf gets in your head enough. You don't need any help. There's, I mean, I know guys have played. There might be some mind games. I know Tiger used to mess with guys club wise because there's always a little bit of that. Or what someone hitting a Tiger used to be really good and mess with guys but (laughs) there's none of that in practice rounds if you're playing for money or whatever in practice rounds which happens a little bit there's plenty um socializing i didn't find it as much in the us to be honest um you know everyone kind of does their own thing but in europe there's plenty obviously there's so many different countries represented in europe so you know you go out to dinner Obviously, there's not many Kiwis there, just Dan Hillier, and there's been Josh Gary over the last few years as well. But I sort of hang out with the Aussies and the South Africans. There's a fair bit in common there. Get along with the Poms pretty well for the most part as well um but you know you notice when you go out like all the french guys go together the spanish guys go together so there's a lot more socialized socializing in europe than there is Mm. in the states from what i've noticed anyway
0: uh foxy along with mertens would be my new zealand sportsman to share a beer and a yarn with can you ask him who in the world who in world golf he would choose to do the same with and Um, who are the good guys
1: I mean, if you wanted to just hear stories, I mean, and wanted to drink, John Daly would be number one, <laughs> wouldn't he? I mean, he like that guy could just tell you stories all night. Um there's in Europe there's a few guys that are really good value like Terrell Hatton's amazing. He's like Hilarious. Hilarious. Shane Lowry is great. Mm. Um Rory's great. Um you know, I've I've been to dinner with him or anything like that, but off the golf course, he's you, there's plenty to chat. Like that, Shane and Rory love rugby, so we've got plenty to chat about. In that Did regard. you hear
0: the press conference with Rory and he asked about you? Yeah, and he said, you know, we've got the first week and away he went on the yeah. rugby world cup in yeah. that opening he's, game. And, he's
1: he's yeah, he's mad on it, um, wow. which is cool. Shane's the same. Like I've, I think I've had a bet around every. Irish game that and I've lost a bit of money lately unfortunately to Shane in that regard Um, there are Andy Sullivan's another one in Europe who's I mean he loves a beer and yeah he can he's fantastic I mean he could get you into trouble as well he's got absolutely no filter Mm. so you'd have to be a bit wary of where you went with him but um, yeah there's there's some really good good guys out there especially I find in Europe Again, the South African guys I get along with, they all love a beer, a barbecue, red wine. or brie. Yeah, Awesome,
0: Foxy. We have to take a quick uh, ad break. Thankfully, he's going to stay here after the news, but we'll just take our last break. Before the top of the hour, then we'll wrap it up. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We have probably got time for one more before we go to the news. Uh, Foxy's kindly going to stay on with us. Um, get some out of the vacuuming, apparently. Um, now, you said Tiger, favourite player. Everyone knew you'd say that.
1: Second favourite player then. Tiger's um, never played golf. Who is it? Um, It's probably a toss-up between Ernie and Adam Scott. Okay. So, The big easy. Yeah, I mean, Ernie was probably... A little earlier than Tiger so it's probably Scotty to be honest. Mm. Which sounds weird because I've played a, quite a lot of golf with him now and yeah. Good foul? Awesome. Great guy. Mm. He won again? Yeah he's good.
0: Okay. Ryan Fox there. Uh, you're on Afternoons with Taffy. Uh, thanks for joining us on YouTube actually folks. i got some questions from YouTube to come uh, very very shortly but for now we'll go to New Sport and Weather with Johnny Mack. Um, so yeah, Foxy, going to stay on after two. Great news because I've got, still got swags of questions. Stick around. We'll come back after this short news break. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, welcome back in. Uh, Ryan Fox, he's, um, what do you call it? You're on a sabbatical. Yeah, pretty b- much. Between between tournaments. So your last tournament was when you had to pull out. Like, we know you struggled through the last two rounds of the Masters, but you teed it up the next week. You threw everything at it. I
1: shouldn't have. But your body said no. I had pneumonia. Oh, you had pneumonia? Yeah. I heard you had a bad cold. Uh, I thought that's what it was, and then I started coughing up some blood, which is... <laughs> on the 7th. <laughs> yeah, that that's probably not ideal. Um and to be honest after the masters I had no no energy on the Monday. I'd used everything I had in the tank. Mm. Um and I wanted to go home. My wife's like, look, you're there. You're, just give it a go. And to be honest, three holes in, I knew I had nothing. Like I just I don't want to be here. I can't even fathom playing. Mm. And I had a couple of bad shots and I've never done it before in a tournament. I was like, I just have, I, I have to get off this golf course, started to get a bit dizzy, went sort of pale mm. and I was going, okay, yeah, it's so I kind of called the docs. They're like, yeah, you just go home and rest, Advised to have a chest X-ray. And I thought, nah, I want to go home first. So I went home, spoke to a doc back here, sent me in for a chest X-ray, but he's like, yeah, you've, you've got pneumonia and had a 10 day course of antibiotics and um, probably only started coming right properly at the end of last week so it was a, probably a good three week thing but kind of makes sense, you know most people if you've got pneumonia you kind of lie in bed and feel sorry for yourself for a while, I should have done that but um, I didn't <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of I burnt everything I had left in the tank <laughs> <laughs> Right, um,
0: more of the questions for you, are still welcome to get them through double eight double three. if you're watching on YouTube you can put them in the comments there, Sammy will get them to me Hi Steph. Roger here uh, two questions for Foxy. First, what's your favourite golf course in New Zealand that isn't one of the big ones, Tara Iti, uh, Te aroi, Jack's Point, etc.? So let's do that one first.
1: Um, I mean, my favourite course in New Zealand is Tara but outside of that, I mean, I like Royal Auckland. I don't know if that you count that as a top one or not, but Paraparam um, has always been one for me. I haven't played in a long time, but that was always a great golf course. I really enjoyed playing there. So that that would be the top club course in New Zealand. That's interesting. You haven't played
0: there in a long time. Remember, you came in before you went away and you signed a, a painting that I'd done of you mm. to, to be auctioned Which is very off, cool. Yeah, for the Life Flight Trust, right? He said, when they have that function, he said, we're happy to fly you and Foxy down and then take you in the rescue helicopter, the Life Flight helicopter, up to Paraparaumu for a game of golf. and you then might fly have to do you that in. then. <laughs> I just said, he won't do that. He gets to play, but now he's saying that.
1: If you're here. If I'm here, which is... Pretty much never, but... Yeah,
0: okay. There you go, Jock, if you're listening. He, he's good to go. What was the second part of his... Secondly, is it true pros change their wedges with every tournament? If so, why? I'm barely getting used to my new 56th degree after six months, and I couldn't think of anything worse than trying to get
1: used to a new one. Um, I wouldn't say it's every week. There's probably some guys that do. I'd probably change mine four or five times a year. Um, it's purely, I mean, the amount of practice... Playing everything we do with them, they just wear out. Oh, really? I mean, you know, everyone's probably got a wedge in their bag that looks a little bit worse for wear, and the fact that we're playing generally greens that are firm and fast the whole time, and they've just got a shelf life. And you hit once they sort of run out of run out of groove, you know, run out of the milling as well. The faces are milled. Mm -hmm. Once you get past that, and you lose some control over the ball on the firm greens, it's just time to swap them out. But we're we're not just getting a new one. It's literally it's just swapping it. It's like for like. It's so getting
0: a updated one of the old one. It's like yeah, re- yeah. retreading it's, it's, the time. It, 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 it's
1: literally like, okay, what's your swing weight? What's your loft? What's your lie? What's your grip? Everything is dialled in exactly the same. So it's like, okay, it's, you're not really putting in a new one. You're just replacing the old one.
0: Mm. Um Sort of a follow-on for Foxy. Does he use the same set of clubs every course or is that tailored to suit each course? Now, we've had a lot around your equipment.
1: So let's... Let's go, what's in your bag? So everything in my bag's Shrixen. Um, i got a driver, three wood. Um, the only thing that really changes um, is I've got a two-iron and a hybrid. So One or the other. Yeah, and generally it'll be Lynx Golf where I'm going to hit a lot of two-irons off the tee and want to keep it low. Two-iron will go in the bag and everywhere else, especially in the I changed it in the States. With the rough over there, you need something that you can kind of chop out of the rough that goes like 200. And a 5-iron won't do that, just won't come out, but a hybrid will. So that's kind of the reason that's in the bag. It's 4-iron through pitching wedge, um, all Shrixon ZX7s. I've got the, well, Shrixon ZX5 Mark two driver. I don't know if they're out retail yet. They've got to be close. Um, <laughs> we Well, we're, we're lucky we get everything sort of six months in advance. Um, so I've I've had all of that in the bag since the back end of last year. Um yeah, Shrixen for a pitching wedge and I run a 51, a 56 and a 60 degree wedge. Three wedges. Three, oh well four if you count the pitching wedge. Jeez. And I've got ai have got a fine-tuned putter in the bag which is made here. Um, I used a ping one at the Masters because sometimes every now and again you just need a change. Mm. Um, that's probably the thing that changes the most in the bag to be honest, go through yeah, you know, changes are good as as good as a holiday. Sometimes with that, you're just looking down at something different, just changes your perspective. And I'd had a couple of bad weeks putting, leading the lead up to the Masters, and just swapped the putters out just for that week. And it actually I putted pretty well at the Masters with that, and I actually won Dunhill with that putter last year with that ping yeah. putter last year as well. Again, same thing, just needed to change things up a little bit. And for all the other events, I'd use the fine tune. It just happened to be that week. Wow. Um Srixon, and I guess you use Srixon
0: ball. Yep. Glove, bag, everything else. Now, they're probably listening, but how much is being completely
1: Srixon loyalty to a sponsorship deal or quality of product? Uh, it's all quality of product. I mean, obviously I get looked after pretty well, but I've played Srixon for more than 15 years now. And you know, I know there's, Like lots of other brands make really good stuff no doubt about that. but You've I really, never tried any other stuff? I mean, like on the range, we get to hit a bunch of other, like a bunch of the other balls, like quite often there's not tricks and balls on the range. In the States there are, but in Europe, a lot of the times it's Pro-V's on the range. Because Pro-V's
0: uh, the most played ball, isn't it?
1: It is, but it's also the most marketed ball. Mm. So for a Pro-V, a Pro-V's the only ball company that, well, Titleist is the only ball company that pay for a ball contract right so right. like it's it's i'm not saying i'm i'm not saying it's not a really good ball because it is yep. everyone makes good balls now but there's also some marketing involved in that mm. let's just leave it at that before i get myself in any trouble
0: <laughs> um did you see mr hogan's cabin at augusta i didn't
1: i don't see. know if I, there's hogan bridge i didn't know there was a cabin there's so butlers I, cabin there's butlers cabin and Eisenhower's cabin which i went in and had a look at um, I think Eisenhower's cabin's the one that Rory ended up beside one year when he was leading going into the back nine. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, you had a look at, and Butler's the one where they present or they do the interview with Jim Nance afterwards. Yeah. Um, so I went and had a look in there with John Key actually. Um, I'd feel like you'd have to tiptoe and just whisper. Ah, uh, no, it's all right. I mean, we we actually people were staying in there when we went in, and you just roll straight in, and yeah, yeah, we're just gonna have a look around. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. How does John Key get in there? He's a member. John Key's a member of Augusta. I don't know if I should say that or not. But Is yeah. that a hook-up through Barack Obama? Or I have no idea. Wow. Is he any good at golf? Yeah, he's good. Is, Is he? Yeah, i played with John a few times. He's good.
0: Yeah, wow. Um, okay, jeepers. Uh, more questions. Let's go to... Uh, there's been a lot of talk about slow play, a la Patrick Cantlay. But you, Foxy, you like to play quickly. How do you cope with playing someone that's slow? Gerard.
1: You just get used to it, to be honest. And it's switch on, switch off. I mean, you don't get round to a golf in threes in under four and a half hours. It's crazy, eh? Well, there's a little bit of, a lot of the courses we play also aren't designed to walk. You know, how we play a bunch of courses that you play in a golf cart every day of the week. And all of a sudden you're asked to walk them and they've got a couple of hundred yard walks between green and tee. Mm. So that, you know, that adds to the time it takes to play Around. So there's there there is a lot of that, but there is some guys that are painfully slow and to be honest, there's no real good way of dealing with it. You just unfortunately get used to it.
0: You just turn off.
1: Just turn off, talk crap. Do your early prep. Yep. <clears throat> and then when it's just be good at switching on when it's your turn to go.
0: Um biggest tip when you're playing match play. That's from
1: Rusa in Howling. Oh, I'm not really the person to ask. I've played two match play tournaments as a pro in 12 years so um, I always think in match play to be honest you've still got to focus on what you do mm. you know if you try to put the other guy off too much or, or you know play some mind games you end up messing with yourself mm. just go and, just go and focus on trying to hit really good shots and just keep the pressure on. Because I've always thought your type of game would be suited to
0: match play because you can go on a tier and you are prone to the odd double or triple. Yeah. But that's just one. Yeah, and match play play is great like that. Yeah, and I just think that'd be
1: suited for you, eh? I mean, I always feel like match play is suited to playing more aggressively. Mm. You know, so if you're going to take a shot on, take it on in match play. Like, Mm. again, if you make double, you're only losing a hole. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Match play is a funny one. It's just... Yeah, if you can put pressure on your opponent through good shots, if you keep doing that, guys will crumble eventually.
0: Um, We're going to rattle through some now. Uh, What's the highest level of rugby you played and what position?
1: Uh, I played first 15 for Kings uh, and for St Kent's actually in fifth form and then sixth, seventh form for Kings, or just seventh form for Kings. And you could probably guess the position. I didn't really have a choice in that regard, did I? First five. Yeah. And, <laughs> k- and kick goals as well. I really helped myself.
0: <laughs> oh, that spotlight as a teenager in that first fifteen must have been awful. All
1: mate. you'd hear in warm-ups is, let's, let's smash Foxy's kid. And I got smashed a lot. Mm. But hence I gave up rugby after I left. Because <laughs> I only get bigger when you leave school. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, what's the one club in your bag that you are most confident with? Not the one you like hitting the most. But every time you pull it out, you go, g'day, mate.
1: That's for it's cooking. probably still driver. It's the one I like hitting the most. But over the last couple of years, it's also been pretty good to me. So I'm not generally afraid to pull it out.
0: Mm. Question for Foxy. Do you need a good caddy? As Steve Elker won today with his son on the bag, showing how confident he is within his own game. Do you need a good caddy?
1: Uh, I don't think you need a good caddy, but it is definitely a benefit. Um Actually, just while you're on there, I remember um, someone
0: rung me. The, was it great I can't remember. Same caddy every tournament. Do you have the same caddy every tournament? Yeah. Do you employ a caddy to be with you every yep. week?
1: Yeah, I've had a full-time caddy since I got in, in Europe. So wow. we had a couple-year of year break there. Um, but so he was on my bag from uh, cha- actually Challenge Tour. Went to Q School at the end of 2015. Um, challenge Tour, uh, a bit of Challenge Tour in 2015. 16 and then european tour from 2017 till the week i won so actually we finished the week i won i did you second i had a chat on the monday no mate we're getting it was almost we're getting too too good of friends and making and getting too comfortable not doing the process right and making too many silly mistakes and that's exactly what i said on the monday said mate I'll, i'll either pay you for this week and you can go home and he goes no 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 we'll work this week and we won and we still we still finished up that week. And then on Sunday night, did you look at each other and go? Eh. No, no, no. It was actually kind of a nice way to part. He said he always wanted to win with me, and we ticked a massive box there. And then I had a couple of other caddies uh, over like 2019, and then into the COVID years. And then at the end of 21, um, I'd finished with my caddy, and Dean, the guy that I and I, guy I work with, is we sort of like okay, well, I'd like to work with you again. He's like, yeah, definitely. And he'd just finished up with a mate of mine, actually, and it worked really well. And we decided to start 2022 20, together. Boom. And, well, ironically, he got covered the first week. Couldn't caddy the first two weeks in Abu Dhabi in Dubai. I hurt my back a little bit going into the third week, which was Raz al Khaimah. And he, he missed the birth of his second child for me missing the cut at Raz al Khaimah the first week. Ugh. And then back was fine got the back sorted by physio the next week and went out and won so basically the first week i was fit with dean back on the bag we won again which was quite cool your back-to-back wins yeah and then we obviously had a pretty good year last year as well
0: um golf is a mental game as much as physical what do you do in the mental toughness sphere from mikey
1: um i'd say it's probably more mental than anything else um i mean i was pretty lucky growing up obviously dad was pretty good at that stuff and he cared for me a lot so I had a lot of that sort of drill drilled onto me is that the right term (laughs) Uh, growing up Uh, but dad was really good with that and I worked with a psych in the UK guy called Carl Morris Um, and for those golf nuts out there he was the guy when Louis Oosthuizen won the open in 2010 he had a little red dot on his glove Mm -hmm. and so that was Carl so i I, I sort of speak to him every week see him a couple of times a year um he worked with graham mcdowell as well when graham won the the us open so he's got got some history there so we've and he i started working with carl two weeks before i won in 2019 actually so (laughs) he's been a good addition to the team um rapid fire have you ever played do you play mini golf Put pup. no Oh, oh he nearly! He yeah, nearly F-5 said it. To- I <laughs> nearly said it. I
0: hate mini golf with a passion. There's a number of golfers. People said,
1: "What's this person like?" So let's rattle some off. John Rahm. What's he like? John's great. He, I played with him a couple of times. He's a real good, dude. And obviously, he's quite good.
0: Yeah, he's handy. Yeah. Um, you touched on him before. Someone said, "Is Tyrell Hatton and a, a plonker like he appears?" But no, you've said one well of the greats.
1: A, Terrell's amazing. He's one of the best people to play with because he just goes off it himself, <laughs> and then 20 yards off the tee box, he'll just. Ask you about something completely different, and it's a, and when he goes off, like he's got no problem if you piss yourself laughing at him, and kind of expects it. I I, I, want, I don't know if he plays up to it a little bit because he's renowned for it, but he's way better than some of the other guys that get angry. Like Ter- mm. like some of them, you just go, Oh, I'm going to stay way back. Terry, you just laugh at it and go, that was a good one. Terry, he's like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh,
0: Rory McIlroy, we touched on him earlier. Rory's great. Um, this one, this person must have watched Full Swing. Uh, Joel Darman um, Didn't the, mean.
1: I, I've, I literally. I said hello to uh, Joel at the players, um, and he seems like a real nice dude. And I said, <laughs> "I like you." I, I. It's one of the only ones I've actually watched of the show, and I've really enjoyed it. it said, "I like that." I'm sure you've heard it a lot. He goes, "Yep." And he goes, oh, "I watched a fair bit of you last year because he's just had a kid and he was up in the middle of the nights in Europe." So <laughs> it was like, "Okay, sweet." So he seems like a nice dude. Yes, he's awesome. Afternoon, guys. Has, plot, has Ryan played
0: Pukikawa, and where I want. To take my son to a golf course in Nelson or Christchurch, he plays a bit, and I play now. Thanks, Pete Hoker. So, have you played Pukekawa? No. Where should he take his son to play in Nelson or Christchurch?
1: Um, to be honest, I've played Nelson once, and I remember playing Green That being okay.
0: is that the one by the golf co- uh, by the airport? I, I can't know, remember. It was like
1: Fifteen years ago, yeah. Played a bit in Christchurch. Um, I always remember Shirley being really good. Clearwater's decent. Um, I've heard Pegasus is, is really I've good. Pegasus. Yeah, I've heard that's good. Like a lot of people come off there really enjoying that. Russell a decent golf course down there. Do but, you know
0: I played Pegasus once? I don't want to name drop, but I have to. Simon Doole hit a two iron, 310 yeah, metres. Yeah, Dooley can
1: play. He I've can seen Dooley a little bit up in the Middle East actually. He can properly play. He can properly play.
0: Uh, do you ever – here we go. It's not what we thought. Do you ever get contacted for last year's President's Cup? I thought you were hard done by not making the world team.
1: No, no. I mean, I've seen Trevor a little bit and I I did get a message from Trevor. after I got asked a question on the Golf Channel at the Players about the President's Cup and I got a message from Trevor saying, thank you for how you handled that. So you can take from that what you will. <laughs> got it. <laughs> uh,
0: question for Foxy. Have you ever pulled out driver off the deck on tour? Hell yes, yes. you
1: must have. Yes, yes. Uh, Actually, I hit one, I remember hitting one at um, Abu Dhabi a few years ago, the old golf course there. Hit driver from like, I had 270, 260 pin into the wind. Hit driver to three foot and then decided to miss the three footer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I hit the hole. It was the biggest waste of a good shot you've ever seen.
0: <laughs> Who's the best rugby player you've ever seen? That's a great one. Non-golf.
1: Non-golf. Um, I mean, you Going past the old, while well, the slightly older, it'd be hard to go past either Dan or Richie mm. for di- for different reasons. I think Dan as a rugby player was amazing to watch, and Richie just what he did in the game. I mean, I was a obviously had a bit a bit closer to what what Dan Carter did with playing ten and understanding the backs a whole lot more than the forwards. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, they, those two were amazing to watch.
0: Foxy, will you play Sun City this year if you qualify, of course, but I'm sure you will, or will you be in the US? Cheers, Mick. Um, you don't know. I don't know, to be honest. I'd like to. Can we talk about where you're at with the exemptions to the PGA Tour, um, the opportunity cost of not playing DP World Tour? Um, how how do you balance this, or uh, you can't?
1: To, I, I, to be honest, I don't really know. I mean, obviously, I've got number two on the way. There's some health issues in my wife's family as well, so some of our support networks yep. um, not there at the moment. Um, so I really don't know what everything looks like for the rest of the year. Um, you just do it in block, like yeah, semesters? so, so honest, basically the plan going forward is for me to play the PGA. I'm supposed to play Colonial and Memorial on the PGA Tour, which are top 50 events. Um, come back for a week, then go back to US Open, um, which I'm, I'm in the field and then I'm supposed to go to Europe. Um, So basically, from the States' point of view, I am not many FedEx cut points away from getting special temporary membership. It's basically a cut, making a cut.
0: Make a cut, and then you'll get invites only next year? So
1: no, what that means is you're only allowed 12 starts on the PJ Tour as a non-member. That includes majors and WGC. So I've already had, if you count Hilton Head, which unfortunately I probably should have just pulled out before the event. But that counts as a start. So I've had six, Um, and so the plan was to play PGA, Colonial Memorial, uh, US Open, Scottish Open counts because it's a co-sanctioned event with Europe, and the Scottish Open, uh, the the Open is my that was my twelve. If I get special temporary, which I basically need to make one cut out of those six events that I named, so hopefully I can manage to do that. um, Then I'll get. Unlimited, you can take unlimited starts. I right. still need invites to take that, but you'll get them. Well, I'd say, as a top 50, you've got more chance of getting them than not. Yeah. And then from there, um, I've still got to finish effectively in the top 125 of FedEx Cup. I don't know what happens with this new elevated event stuff, whether if you finish in effectively the top 50, you get that. I can't play the playoffs, even if I qualified for them, unless I won prior to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, because you win, you're automatically a member. Yeah. And two years exemption.
1: Yeah, and then from the European side of things, obviously we've got the top 10 cards not otherwise exempt. And thankfully from the Masters and the match play and my start to the year, I'm actually in a reasonable place. I'm sort of sitting 30-something in the order of merit there without really doing much. Yeah. Yeah. so, it's kind of if I go well in the states and have enough to keep one twenty to get one twenty five then I might play some more in the states at the end of the year or vice versa if I have a couple of good weeks in Europe, mm. I can go and focus on Europe and try to get one of those top ten cards so I'm kind mm. of in a I'm in a very flexible situation in that regard at the moment, but I'm also kind of in a good position i can go I can kind of go either way, and I've got effectively two bites of the cherry, which is nice, so which mm-hmm. means I'd love to play Ned Bank, but I really don't know. Yeah.
0: Awesome, Foxy. Um, you've been very, very generous with your time. Uh, the questions just don't stop, but we, we've got it over so many. I appreciate it. Um, on behalf of all of us, um, you're champion, New Zealander. You, you've kept it real. You've stayed who you are, and you've stayed connected to us as well. You jumped in the chance to come and talk to the people where a lot of athletes wouldn't, so... We really appreciate it. We wish you all the best with babe number two. Thank you. And then back to work you go up in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm. And I know that you know we will follow you
1: every shot,
0: every tee, every green. We're with you all the way. Champion, man. Thanks.
1: And just want to say thanks to everyone out there. The support from back home, not just over the last year or so, but throughout my whole career has been amazing. So I really appreciate that. Last break and then we'll go straight to the news and we'll come back after all that.